0: This is Make It Curry. Make It Curry. M. I. P. With Massimilia Matfumo. Mark Thompson.
1: Make It point.
0: Get Woke
2: our favorite time of the week, once again, ladies and gentlemen, time for Thursday Coast with the founder of the largest online progressive community, still going strong, dailycoast.com, com. the host of the podcast, The Brief, Marcos join us joins us. Marcos, how are you, buddy?
3: Doing great. How are you doing?
2: Just fine. Just fine. I was saying to Marcos, uh, but last week and even just now as we were getting started, folks, we're getting ready for Selma. Some of you join us there annually. We're going... Once again, this year, of course, as we do every year. And I was saying to Marcos that President Biden is coming. And something I was about to share with him, I'll share with you all in advance. Um, We'll be streaming live uh, Friday night, tomorrow night, um, from the famous or infamous, if you will, Dallas County Courthouse, where people were denied the right to vote, that famous scene in Selma, the Oprah Winfrey movie, Ava DuVernay movie. The place upon the steps were where CT Vivian was bloodied trying to register voters. We have an annual event, as many of you all know, called the Public Conversation of Town Hall. And we always talk about voting rights and issues in the macro. For this year, though, Marcos and others, and those of you listening, we're going to do micro. Selma is still devastated by a tornado and relief from the federal government has not been as forthcoming as people would like, one. To Marcos, as you know, and others of you know, Selma is a place where we all go to celebrate democracy. Selma was the birthplace of modern democracy in this country, if not democracy in general. What you- Selma happens, people get the right to vote. B- before that, all Americans couldn't vote. And it is getting more and more shameful that Selma is the kind of place that everyone comes, and I'll be specific. Um, uh, there's John Lewis used to bring Republicans, you know, both sides of the aisle with him. Um, Steve Scalise, people like every year was somebody. I mean, when Paul Ryan came and those other characters. Uh, and they would come and get the photo op on the bridge. But do nothing about the conditions in Selma or the people of Selma or the people that Selma represents. We're tired of that. And so we're going to have a conversation this Friday night, folks, and we'll carry it live across all the make it plain social media um, about some are recovering from the tornado and some are recovering from the long-term economic and employment deprivation that it always said. The birthplace of democracy should be a jewel in this country. There should be jobs and opportunities and economic development uh, like other cities. I'm going to say this too, Marcos. We look at what's happening in Jackson with the water crisis. Well, they they appointed some new judges over there. What's happening in Jackson? The, the word is, is that the idea is to continue to frustrate the black population, deny them water, deny them rights, force them out so that Jackson, the only metropolitan city in Mississippi, can then be gentrified. Mm. Um. Who's to say that's not the plan for Selma? Why is Selma so, this is where democracy began. No Selma, you don't, Jimmy Carter's not president without Selma. All right, this is, Jimmy Carter was 11 years after Selma. First president elected from Georgia. Jimmy Carter was uh, eight years after Dr. King's assassination. I don't think we realize how close all this was. Yeah, seriously. Really? I mean, that's real close. y'all, And and there's a reason for that. You don't have Jimmy Carter. You don't have Bill Clinton. You don't have Barack Obama. You don't have Al Gore and Hillary Clinton, who actually won. You don't have Joe Mm -hmm. Biden without Selma. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some may consider it impolite. Now, I have invited administration officials, infrastructure, Mitch Landrieu, HUD, Marsha Fudge, uh, FEMA director, uh, uh, Buttigieg. Uh transit. I've invited all these people who can contribute to the conversation on economic development and infrastructure in Selma. And at this point, as of this hour, we—I I can show you the emails. We've been talking. They're not ignoring my emails. Even—and this is before President Biden decided to come. Uh, frankly, President Biden was about to come with another group and do the photo op on Saturday. That's the thing. Now there's the there's the bipartisan photo op mm. on Saturday. So they can skip being with the masters on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. We sent a letter to the White House. Me, Reverend Barber, other members of the clergy said, no, that's inappropriate. You need to be here with the people. And, and apparently the White House uh, uh heard that. Also, I don't think Marcos Biden really wanted to be up there with, with the folks <laughs> You know, because he didn't go, no, really, he didn't go on Fox News Sunday on Fox yeah. Supervote. Yeah. I don't think he's like, a, I don't think he likes to play those games, which I respect. I mean, you you risk going up there. Man, y'all going be honest with y'all. Marjorie Taylor Greene might be on the bridge Saturday with this other group. Who, who wants to see that? This is yeah. hypocrisy. Uh, and I hope I'm not there because I might shut it down. Um, I hope I'm on another side of the town. But they do that. You know, Ke- who knows? Kevin McCarthy might come Saturday yeah. just for the photo op. We said, Biden don't come for the photo op. Come and invest in the community. And, and he's so doing it. He, he's coming Sunday. And, yeah, you know, we had okay. conversations. Uh, we also have asked not just to give a speech at the bridge, We've invited him to go and see some of the community devastated by the tornado. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And I'll be honest with you all. The parts of Selma, you can't tell um, where the tornado began or it ended, whether or not. I mean, because there's some places that still were deprived before the tornado. Some parts of Selma still look like they did in 1965. That's that. This is the birthplace of democracy in this country, if not part of the world if we consider ourselves the world's greatest most long-standing democracy, well, are we? Can we be if we just really got democracy in 1965? Mm -hmm. Selma is the equivalent of South Africa. Okay. Soweto uprising, all those things that happened that led to the Sharpeville Massacre, 1960, sparked that movement in its modern-day form. Selma sparked ours. So we're going to, you all be on the lookout for that Sunday. We'll be there. Um... And hopefully we'll get something set Friday night, though, public conversation as usual, but a different take. And we've asked those who are victims of the tornado, who are impacted people to come and and tell their stories, because America needs to hear what Selma does and does not have. And, and it's missing a lot. So we want to we want to make a change. And, you know, I've been talking to White, White House's ear off the staff, the advance team and all the nice people, very nice people. But I've been saying, y'all, we got to do something different. And I was very frank with them. You can't take five hundred million dollars to Ukraine, which is fine. I'm not opposed to that, and then not give Selma fifty dollars.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You gotta, you yeah.
3: Gotta- you can you can walk and chew gum at the same time. I mean, yeah. this is this is a a false dichotomy that a lot on the on the right are trying to use with East um Palestine, it's Palestine uh, or
2: it's Palestine, right, right?
3: Yeah, uh, the the you know like oh you know why aren't you sending money there it's like let's send money to everybody who needs it <laughs> Like there's a lot of people who don't need the money who are getting the money big pharma and 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 uh, subsidies for big oil and and there's plenty of places if we want to cut tax cuts for the rich if you want to send money to people who need it we can actually work on it that's a very easy bipartisan task if they are actually serious about doing so so the fact that 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 ukraine is getting our old military gear it's not even like they're not getting the new stuff. They're getting our old military gear, stuff that's already sitting in storage. Um, does that mean we can't help Selma, that we can't help East Palestine and we can't help all the Americans all across the country that are dealing with serious issues and could use the help of the federal government? So 100 percent agreed.
2: Yeah. So, folks, be on the lookout for that Friday night, tomorrow night, 7 Eastern. Check out our social media. We'll be streaming live. Reverend Barb and I will be there and others. You'll be hearing from Selmans. People from Selma, citizens, about what is taking place in Selma. So,
3: man, I want to I want to go so bad, but yeah, um,
2: Minion, man, you got to come.
3: I have not. Got, I mean, you know, I'm am a, a full time single dad, so it's it's tough for me to yeah. get away from my from my well,
2: daughter, but, well, But now you know what though? I'll be honest with you. Um, you, 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 your son's away, but you need to bring your daughter too. We one year we got it. You all had to come. She needs yeah, to. Yeah. It's mm-hmm.
3: when winter when, when schoolwork is doing better than it's been doing because we're, we're, we're struggling. I got to
2: answer everything that needs, <laughs> that needs need to make a credit assignment. Most kids but, come.
3: But I would absolutely and do love it. And, and maybe, maybe I can, I can motivate her to do the trip next year by, by like, get the work done, you know, don't <laughs> fall behind and uh, get good grades. And then we can go on this amazing, amazing historical <laughs> experience.
2: I know you folks, I know we're getting off serious topic, but you all will recall when the year my son went the first time and his cousins, I took all the kids with Dick Gregory and they have never been the same because Dick was in rare form. God bless his soul. He was still with us. He told dirty jokes the whole time. (laughs) And I had to make sure they didn't write that in their reports. When we got back to New York, the the, the night we landed in Selma, I mean, landed in New York from Selma. Lawrence O'Donnell had me on his show. And so we rushed from the airport. My son is with me. And he puts my son on the spot, puts him live on there and ask him what he thought about Selma on live MSNBC. And I'm praying, please do not say anything (laughs) that Dick Gregory said. And I'll just give you one anecdote. Dick, Dick was asked. We Before the public conversation, we have something called the mock trial, everybody, where we have students try the case of Jim Lee Jackson, who was killed. Uh, that's what led to the voting rights march. That was a Black Lives Matter march. Jim Lee mm-hmm. Jackson was killed by the police at, in a voting rights march, and they were going to march his remains, his coffin, across the Edmund Pettus Bridge to Montgomery and have his take, deliver his coffin to George Wallace since his state troopers killed Jim Lee Jackson. So everybody's testifying, what brought you to Selma in 65, right? So they get to Dick Gregory. Mr. Gregory, what brought you to Selma? It's a real serious moment, it's up until this point. Dick said, well, I didn't come here to be involved in the movement. Marcos, he said, uh, I came in here to, came to Selma to uh, meet a young lady by the name of Sassy Quick Trick. <laughs> Just like you're doing, not, the mock trial was over, over. <laughs>
3: Wasn't expecting that. Was not uh, expecting that.
2: He got caught up in the movement. Come to see this little lady. Mm -hmm. Her name Sassy. Quick trick. So, um, so yeah. I mean, that's what that's was my kids' experience, and my my son and his cousins, all his age. About five of them, women and men, young kids, uh, boys and girls. So they were like, and you know, nothing excites young people more than misbehaving old people. Yep. You know that because that makes them feel empowered. You know, we, you know, we're the parents. But when grandparents act out, look, younger kids love it because it's like, oh we, can, oh, we can act out because they're overriding your behavior. Yeah. And those kids, they would look a little bored. But when Dick said that, those kids looked up from their phones and were just in awe. And so, yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> it was great. But no, we got to get you to, look, everybody's got to come to Selma. And let me just say everybody, and I'll I get off of Selma. This is 58th anniversary. Two years, it'll be 60th. Makes your plans. This is the 60th anniversary of March on Washington, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this is this year. Um, 60th anniversary of March on Washington, 1963. 60th anniversary of the Birmingham crusade. The fire hoses, the dogs, the children going to jail, 1963. This is the 60th anniversary of the four little girls bombed in the 16th Street Baptist Church. This is the 60th anniversary of Meg Evers. All of these events happened in 1963. And we were still two years away from Selma, and then eleven years, three years from Dr. King being assassinated, eleven years from Jimmy Carter, and on and on. And when you say that, like you realize, this ain't ancient history.
3: Nope.
2: Jimmy Carter, uh, uh, uh um, what? Barely twenty years. All right, not even twenty years after Dr. King's assassination.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and 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 I'm, you know, I'm I'm going off. I said this the other day to a group I was speaking to. Uh, I was, in fact, I was with uh, Reverend Alan Bosak, who's a veteran of the anti-apartheid struggle, at a at a conference last week. What we did in our lifetime, Marcos, that's I don't know why we can't do it again. We defeated Ronald Reagan three times. We 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 stopped Bork. We stopped his veto of sanctions against South Africa, and we won the Martin Luther King Holiday, which he's a bill he said he never signed. It's amazing. That was the power we had. You don't lose that. What you're not supposed to lose that kind of power. You're supposed to continue to have that level of organizing capability. And this was before social media mm-hmm. and before really cable news. Mm-hmm. We were able to get these things done. So folks, we need to go back and figure that out. And, and maybe
3: try- because of social media and cable news, AKA Fox news, <laughs> they, were to, they were able to build bulwarks against that kind of power that the black community was was building and the inroads that they were making. I mean, that was clearly a backlash. Donald, uh, not Donald Trump. Uh, Ronald Reagan was a backlash. So it's all, it's all related. I mean, they saw that power. They saw what you guys were accomplishing and, and they mobilized and they did their thing to stop it.
2: Yeah. Mother King Weekend, I spoke to the AFL-CIO in Washington and I talked about the original insurrectionist, Ronald Reagan, and the whole place just exploded because that's what he was. You know, he he busted the unions, he did. Ronald Reagan was horrible when he came in office, you all, so we defeated all that, but that's a good segue. Fox, so wait a minute, you gotta help us through this, man. Uh, Fox and Rupert Murdoch admit that they lied on the air, that they went along with that because of money and because of ratings and because they knew that's what their audience wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. If if they've ever if they've never seemed as though they had an Achilles' heels before, I think they do now. I, I think th- this is really, this is really bad.
3: Fox News is in trouble right now. I cannot believe that they let this thing get to discovery, which means that that process where they had to release all their emails and texts to Dominion's uh, lawyers. They should have settled, and maybe that settlement was a billion dollars. But Murdo- Murdoch has a billion dollars. Like he could have, they could have settled it and said, "Yeah, we, you know, maybe aired some special about how there was no insurrection and just taken her lumps." And instead, what they've done is that they've completely um, exposed the fact that they are an overt arm of the Republican Party. I mean, we knew that, but but they pretended otherwise. But they were literally handing Donald Trump's campaign. Information on the ads that Joe Biden was running. Now, why was Joe Biden running ads and on Fox News? That's a whole different story. But now, we know, you know, there's no, there's no illusion. If you, if you're running ads on Fox News, you're literally funding the, your opponents, your, and they're getting intel and information. We find out that that they were afraid that if they told the truth, that they would lose their audience to Newsmax and one American network. The the other even. Wackier right wing outlets. So they, they there is, there is an admission that if they told the truth, they cannot hold the conservative movement together. That they have to lie to them, tell them what they want to hear. There is no adherence to any notion of of truth and reality. And to see that as plainly written, and and, and for some reason that nobody really seems to understand, there's a lot of redactions what we've seen so far. And there's a move right now in the lawsuit by some media organizations to remove those redactions. So what we're seeing without the redactions is bad enough. I can't even imagine what's been redacted. So it is not, it's, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's a public relations catastrophe. It just lays bare once again, does the, the, the lack of um, of um, truthfulness in a conservative movement and financially it may wreck. I mean, this is a multi-billion-dollar potential um, verdict against against Fox News, and um, and this is just Dominion. There's 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 others. I mean, because it wasn't just Dominion that was being attacked by Fox News and its people for for you know for uh, the claims that they had stolen the election for Joe Biden. So it is. Um, I can't believe it's gotten this far. And there's a there's a um, there's a concept in, in, in the law called summary judgment. And summary judgment basically says there is no disputes of the fact. If you take the, the defenses or the, the, uh, any of the sides, if you take all, their, all what they're admitting, put it all together, if there's no dispute, there does not need to be a trial on the facts. They can move on to a trial on the remedy, the penalty. So Dominion's basically saying, which this is almost unprecedented, for a plaintiff to call for summary judgment. Usually what happens is you get sued and you're on the defense and you go, judge, like they're making these claims. But like even if they're right, it doesn't meet the threshold, it does not meet the threshold of any wrongdoing. And then the judge will throw it out. And you'll see this with a lot of frivolous lawsuits, all the stuff that, you know, Donald Trump does. He'll make up some claim. There's no real legal cause of action. So the judges will throw that out. That's summary judgment. In this case, it's the plaintiff calling for some summary judgment. I don't know if I've ever seen that, but I'm sure it happens. But it's very, very rare. And what they're saying is, look at what they have said. This is their words. We don't have to prove that they knew they were they were they were they were telling falsehoods. That they were they were peddling lies. They themselves are saying so. So we don't even need to have a trial. And the way that the raw law is written. Is that you need to have one false claim, one one, one item of defamation, and one person delivering it. That's all you need, right? Um Dominion brief, you know, in their in their brief or summary judgment, had 198 pages of examples, dozens of Fox News executives admitting that it was a lie and allowing that content to continue and example after example after example of lies that they admitted again we don't need to have a trial is this really a lie it's not a lie did they really know it was a lie or was this an honest mistake they admitted so so they didn't say like this is this is give us summary judgment let's just go straight to the to the uh, to the damages trial and got to say that that fox news responses have been really really weak i mean I, I don't i don't think there's a case there and again i am shocked that it has gotten this far and that fox news didn't f- try to find a way to settle
2: and you're right i don't know of a situation where it's the plaintiff that asks for summary judgment normally that's something that the one being sued does yeah. to, to knock it out but you're right there's 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 uh, not a the
3: speed effect yeah. i mean there's none yeah so you know a, a judge may want to go to trial just just because it's such, you know, the damages are so high and it's so high profile. Who knows? I, I don't see a reason to have a trial. It's, it, it'd be a waste of everybody's time. And if there's a trial, it could literally be a one day trial because it's it's there. I mean, nobody has to argue anything. They admitted that they lied. They admitted that they knew they were lies and they admitted they did it because they did not want to lose market share to Newsmax.
2: So I, I wonder what their I guess We can only speculate what their viewers think about that. You know, like, OK, you're admitting to us that you're trying to keep us in your fold to keep us going from some going somewhere else, which might be more to our liking. I mean, if that, I mean, I think this is what a Fox viewer has to be wondering.
3: Well, they would if they knew what was happening. But Fox News has forbidden <laughs> anybody on the air to talk about that, because even Howie Cur- Howard Kurtz, who's a you know, media critic, he was gonna try to run a segment on it, and he was shut down by the network by Murdoch. So they don't know. They're in their bubble. They're happy in their bubble, okay. completely blissfully unaware that not only have they been lied to, but uh, they execs knew they did it on purpose in order to protect their their market share.
2: Yeah, you're right. They don't know because they don't watch nothing else. Yeah, they, they don't. That's that's their sole source of, of, of news and information. So yeah, that's. it would yeah. be a great
3: question. I would love to find out what they would think if, if they found out that, that uh, they were, I mean, they'll, they'll, you know, there's cognitive dissonance. They'll find some way to rationalize how, how the deep state or this or that, who knows they'll, they'd find a way.
2: What do you think on another subject? What do you think about the the China the China, China committee?
3: <laughs> yeah, the China committee didn't even talk about the Chinese balloon. And both that Matt Gertz at one point or Matt Gates at one point was uh, quoting from Chinese state propaganda uh, and got called on it and looked like a fool. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to to for a while. Those you know, those Republican hearings. You know, there's there's some entertainment value to it because they're so freaking dumb. But after a while, it starts getting really obnoxious and like, you know, this is taxpayer money that that is being wasted under on just the most ridiculous, nonsensical right wing conspiracy BS. And um, what's weird to me, like just absolutely bizarre, is that the Republicans lost this last election. They should have won in a the landslide. They should have won in a landslide. It was a midterm election. President empowers a Democrat. Historically, that means bad news for Democrats, for the party in power. We won the election. Yeah, they took the House, but because of redistricting, not because they actually won more votes. And it is clear why they lost. It was because of abortion. It's because they're you know, focusing on trans issues and focusing on CRT and a bunch of nonsense that nobody really cares about, except their little bubble, their little Fox News bubble. And to think that after the results of that election should have been like, yeah, maybe we should start focusing on things people actually care about, but that's not what they're thinking. That's not how they're responding. They're doubling down. Now they have a new thing where they're going after um, they're going after investment funds that take into consideration uh, equity, the environment and, and some, you know, it's like social good type of, and they're trying to make it, you know, illegal for the U.S. government to invest in, you know, put any of its investments into such organizations. This stuff is so freaking ridiculous. Nobody cares. It is, it is the fever swamp it gets all lathered up in this, like, frothy, you know, mass of, of, uh, of uh, hysteria. And you're looking at suburban America, which is really the battleground. Republicans have almost entirely lost the college-educated suburban white woman. I think there are inroads into college educated suburban white men they're starting to get tired of this of this freak show and instead of sort of taking a step back and saying like you know maybe we'll do something popular like yeah like mandate cheaper drug coverage like maybe we'll do something like that that actually helps people maybe maybe we'll will 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 reinforce FEMA so that they can they can be more aggressive in responding to crises like in Selma and Montgomery and East Palestine. Maybe maybe we'll do stuff like that. But no, 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 no. They're focusing on all this culture war BS and, and dredging up whatever conspiracy theories from their fever swamps. And, you know, part of me is like, okay, you know, th- it's, it's distressing that a major American political party has descended into this kind of madness. Another part of me is like, you know, proceed, because as long as you're not actually speaking to concerns that Americans care about politically, it actually increases our stock next year for the presidential election, and it's going to be a big one, like all of them, you know, and, and so if they are talking about CRT and trans rights and things that have been proven time and time again to be political losers, not political, electoral losers, then uh, then um, you know, I, it, it sucks. I don't like that they demonize certain people and all that, but if it helps get us to a place where we defend our Senate majority, retake the House, hold the, hold the presidency, and in a pipe dream universe maybe we pick up that one extra senate seat somehow because ted cruz is so horrible uh or rick scott are so horrible that that somehow in a miracle they get swept out of office and then we can eliminate the filibuster and then we can actually do real democracy reform and we can set up our democracy in a way that they can't gain so easily from demonizing the most marginalized members of our of our country
2: we haven't talked about, speaking of presidential politics, I, I want to ask you about DeSantis, one thing, but before that, I don't think we got a chance to talk about Nikki Haley. No, we haven't. <laughs> and- <laughs> the tone in which you said, like, like why why do we need to? Is she like, <laughs> the vice president? Yeah,
3: pretty much. Okay. Um, that a lot of it is, you know, you're always building your profile for the next election. So even if not this one there's going to be a Trump free election and four years after that, she's young enough that she could probably run again. Um, I actually, I, I like her in the sense that she's been very aggressive in defending Ukraine and aid to Ukraine. And that further highlights the cleavage in the Republican party between the pro Putin wing and the more traditionalist, you know, Russia is an enemy of the United States wing and as long as they're fighting with each other, great. Like, you know, I, I want them to go at each other's throats. And, and we're, we're especially seeing that uh, Haley's going to be pretty much ignored because she's at 1% in the polls and she'll stay at 1% in the polls. She's not going anywhere. But the DeSantis and Trump fight is getting really, really, um, it's getting really juicy. I mean, just yesterday there was video at a DeSantis book signing in Florida. Some Trump protesters came and DeSantis sent out police to kick him out, anybody that was wearing a Trump shirt had to be swept out of the entire. Like, I think it was like a strip mall, like out of the out of the premises, that commercial premises. And so let them get a little taste of their own sort of fascist medicine. And uh, and that that's just. I mean, at some point, I'm almost guaranteed it's going to resort to violence. I mean, a bunch of gun nuts going after a bunch of gun nuts. You know, it's not. It's a matter of time before they start shooting. But. Um, I don't want that kind of violence, but I want political. I want them fighting each other politically, verbally, and uh, just really, really building up the um, kind of that resentment, so that when somebody emerges, because somebody will emerge, that there is no part of unity. So that's 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 the hope. And so far, so far, so good. Haley, she she you know she announced at a good time with the Santa still not in, so she gets she gets her little moment in the sun. She's not a real candidate, though.
2: Does Can DeSantis beat Trump?
3: Yeah. You yeah. think so? Will it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Will he? It's a different story. Um, it's, it's actually kind of fascinating that you have a Republican Party, conservative movement that sort of rewards being an asshole. And so they're sort of one-upping themselves over just how horrible they can possibly be. And, uh, I mean, now you have DeSantis' new trustee for the for – the, for the university board saying that they're going to clear out all ideologically compromised professors and students and and they're going to have a litmus test. I mean it's just it's just like out of the fascist playbook. I mean it is so far gone. And there's an audience for that clearly. The thing is that neither of those two neither Trump nor nor DeSantis are particularly beloved by the party establishment. Trump, you know, he's cost them three elections in a row now. Like they're, they're, they're sort of like they know he's toxic. He's going to hurt them down ballot. DeSantis, though, could have, you know, maybe picked up some of those pieces. But he's done absolutely zero effort in story after story. You know, it's been discussed. He hasn't done anything to like meet with other governors, with senators. He hasn't built any relationships. He hasn't done any fundraising for them. That's the sort of thing you do when you're running for president. You fundraise for everybody else. And then you, you call in those those chits. He hasn't done any of that. And so he's sort of kind of isolated and he thinks he can ride, you know, the social media right-wing love of, you know, love fest towards winning a nomination. And maybe, maybe, maybe he will. I'm not saying it's not going to work, but I'm saying that he's done nothing to build a broader coalition beyond sort of the deplorable Trump base. They're all fighting over like the worst of the worst. And I do wonder what that means for um, just Republican Party in general, I mean, the way they are going, if those two are representative of what the Democratic Party is, uh, Democrat, Republican Party is, it may even, it may accelerate the flight of suburban, white, college-educated, um, moderate voters to the, Republic, to the Democratic Party, because that Republican Party is looking, it's looking pretty nuts right now. I mean, it's, it's beyond extreme. It's fascist.
2: At at some point, somebody's got to say we don't really care about what you're teaching in schools in Florida. I mean, that's not I don't know how that is your sole national platform at some point. I mean, somebody's got to say, even amongst them, "Okay, we get it. How many times can you work that, though? I mean, you mean we we don't want black history taught. You don't want it taught. You're just going to ride that the whole thing. I I, I just, I just don't, I don't know about that. I mean, even as crazy as some of them are, I think at some point people got to be saying, well, I'm looking for a little something of substance. I don't know what it is, but
3: (laughs) they, they tried to write CRT and it failed. It's, it just does not have resonance. And I think those, if you're a college educated white voter, um, you don't want libraries burning books. Like that's not a thing You don't come out of college saying we need to burn books. And that's what the Republican Party is today. They're 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 burning. they're they're not burning them literally. I mean, some places they probably are burning them literally, but they're pulling them off the shelves. That's not a thing that appeals to suburban America. And so the when that becomes the platform and it becomes so it's so blatantly racist. That, you know, Republicans, they were they were good at the dog whistle politics. They were good at being racist without being racist, like explicitly racist. So like middle of the road voters, they could feel good about voting Republicans without feeling like they were racist. Right. And, you know, Ronald Reagan was a master of this, of course. Um, They've given that up because of Donald Trump. They're not even going to pretend anymore. So now they're outwardly racist. And the this whole book burning push by the Republican Party everywhere across the country where they have power, it is explicitly blatantly openly racist and yeah anti-trans anti-gay and all it's it's bigoted openly bigoted and that's not a popular platform yeah okay it'll it'll show up their support in mississippi good for them it's not going to play in the suburban battlegrounds that are going to decide this next election in the suburbs of philadelphia and and detroit and milwaukee and phoenix and those are, the, those are the real battlegrounds. And this is not a popular, and they tried it and they lost. They lost in a midterm election they should have won easily. Just by existing, they lost. That's what blows my mind about what they're doing. And going back to the questions about the hearings, they are doubling down on that same nonsense.
2: Well, and, and what's interesting about it is, if, if they really wanted to think about <clears throat> how they'd been successful in the past lee atwater's on record he talked about the southern strategy Mm -hmm. nixon reagan it was the subtlety and they won you had nixon for two terms you had reagan for two terms with nixon for almost two terms so i mean you all don't see that for yourselves what what that was and i'm sure if people like that were still around they'd be like you know, I, I, that's why I think the, the bushes W probably has been looking like, you know, yeah, what, do you say, what do you say?
3: to? Hillary they had Hillary. a winning formula. It worked for them, but they, <laughs> right. it was not good enough to be subtle about it. They had to be out and proud about it. And Donald Trump won a primary because of that. And again, he didn't win a primary. He won a primary, not with a majority of the vote. He won a primary with like 35 percent here, 40 percent there, because Republican primaries are winner take all winner Democratic take all. primaries. You get a percentage of your vote. That's right. what you get. Right. Uh, with the Republicans, it actually rewarded the ideologue who could like muster 30 to 40 percent of the vote. And that's how he ended up winning the nomination. And it's taken them down this path that I don't see how they get out of it. Uh, I know Mitch McConnell is over it. He, he's been he's been budding up to to Biden in the weirdest ways on on Ukraine uh, he he's been trashing uh, Rick Scott and said, "I don't know how Rick Scott's going to get reelected senator if he keeps going after Social Security." Like Mitch McConnell <laughs> used Democratic talking points, wondering how Rick Scott was going to get reelected in Florida uh, with all those seniors. So it seemed. I mean, Mitch McConnell had his time. He could have had Trump impeached, and then this would be a whole different world right now. They would have won the midterms. I'm pretty sure they would have won the midterms. But uh, he was too much of a coward to do it back then. But now he, he's he got zero F's to give. I mean, he's 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 so done with them. Um, unfortunately, McCarthy's not there. So he's going to keep enabling this relative minority of the Republican caucus, this MAGA caucus, to really set the agenda and define what the Republican Party stands for.
2: What did W say on the inaugural platform to Hillary Clinton? It, when Trump was sworn in, you remember?
3: No, what he say?
2: He looked at Hillary. He said, This is some weird <laughs> SHIT. And, <laughs> you know, I can just visualize him saying that too. It's some weird SHIT. And he, she said, Yeah, I said that. This is some weird. Because <laughs> <S-H-I-T." laughs> <laughs> <"I> <laughs> him his dad, it came out of that Lee Atwater. Atwater was his dad's man.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: He was on the board of Howard University. Uh, and then the kids protested, you know, but but yeah. Yeah. This is some weird S-H-I-T, you know, uh, uh, in that, uh, voice that he has, uh, All right, folks, Um, as always, Thursday Coast, always great conversation. Uh, Stay tuned tomorrow from Selma. Uh, We'll be streaming it live on our social media, so be sure you check it out and hear what the people of Selma have to say. We gotta do something for Selma. Places like Selma, Jackson, Mississippi, we gotta be Memphis. We have to be concerned about the conditions of these places that are stops along our historic civil rights and uh, American rights democracy trail. Thank you as always, Marcos.
3: Always a pleasure. I, I don't generally get FOMO, but I'm going to be FOMOing tomorrow. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh,
2: thank you, man. All right. Have a great talk to right. next week. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister-brother who just so happens to find her himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand and above all